about holiness in the book of Proverbs. And we'll be talking specifically on keeping our hearts pure. I'm sure you've heard it said before that the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. In other words, when two people have some differences in conversation or whatever it is, this conversation, these differences usually arise from the disposition of individuals. So we say that the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. If our hearts are right, then we'll be able to get the matters right. Or simply said, the heart matters. In the physical realm, cardiologists have shown us the importance of the heart. As we know it, the heart, for instance, pumps at a rate of 70 to 75 beats per minute. Generally, it doesn't weigh more than 11 ounces on average. Yet, a very healthy heart pumps about 2,000 gallons of blood through 60,000 miles of blood vessels each day. Every day, the heart creates enough energy to drive a truck 20 miles. And in a lifetime, that is equivalent to driving to the moon and coming back. The point is this, a healthy heart can do amazing things. Conversely, if our heart malfunctions, our whole body will shut down. The same could be said of our spiritual heart. In scripture, we know the heart represents the center of our emotions, or as the Old Testament scholar Toy says it, it says the heart does not refer to physical organ, but the mind and even the whole personality of the individual. So there is a lot that the heart has to do with holiness or purity. And we want to focus today on Proverbs chapter four in verse 23. It reads in the King James, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. The NASB reads it this way, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about the heart. Of course, more than the heart, the book of Proverbs is a major source in understanding the ethics of the Old Testament. The book is part of a group of books called the wisdom literature. In other words, Proverbs is grouped with Ecclesiastes as well as Job. They're called wisdom literature because they offer a lot of wisdom. You see, the ancient Near East valued wisdom and it had even professional wise men. There was a widespread belief in those days that the next generation must not be allowed to learn only by trial and error. 
but that they must accumulate insights of the older generation. So when we go into Proverbs, it's important for us to see that beneath all the Proverbs that are put together on connected verses in much of Proverbs, there is a very clear underlying structure. The assumption is that everyone starts out life in life's journey as a simple person. And the simple person does not simply mean mental deficiency, but merely inexperience of life. As one look at Proverbs, we see that it is humanity's attempt to reflect, to reflect on and to dig out or to earth God's revelation in the soil of everyday life. Hard questions are to be found in Proverbs. And the principal concern is to establish how we're to live our daily lives under the sun in the here and now. This is just a short introduction to Proverbs. But what we have to say is connected with holiness. The vocabulary of holiness and sanctification may be lightly absent in these books, but the concern of the Old Testament wisdom tradition is clearly about the right way to live. In other words, about practical holiness, we might call it. And that's what brings us to the matter of the heart and to the heart of the matter. The book of Proverbs shares with the wisdom literature as a whole, the conviction that existence is fundamentally rational and moral. Personal conduct, therefore, not religious experience is its major theme. And yet the style of life the Proverbs teaches, the, the book of Proverbs teaches is motivated by the fear of the Lord. You see it in Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that represents the ideals of honesty, integrity, truthfulness, humility, prudence, sexual purity, liberality, self-control, hard work, diligence, industry, compassion, justice, peaceableness, righteousness. All these are aspects of the holy life. For all its concern with conduct, Proverbs is amazingly sensitive to the key place of the heart as the motive spring of life. Is the seat and symbol of diligence and will. Above all else, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Now, when you read Proverbs, you see that there are many kinds of hearts. For instance, in Proverbs, when you read in Proverbs chapter six, verse 14, you see that the heart is a source of evil in life. Or Proverbs eleven twenty. Or Proverbs chapter 12, verse 8. Proverbs talks to us about a heart that devises wicked schemes. You find that 
in 618. And we're told such a heart is of little value. That's in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 20. Deceitful, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20, and is prone to backsliding. All this tells you all the kind of heart that people have. That the heart is the control room of life is a point that Jesus himself made in Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 to 20, <clears throat> and Mark chapter 7, verses 20 to 23. So in other words, the heart is something we must guard diligently, and we must ask ourselves, what is the state of our heart? Holiness, very, very important. And the heart, very important. I mean, the truth is that God demands holiness from us and holiness of heart is crucial. It doesn't matter what we do, we might try to do things morally, but if we don't keep our hearts, then we're in trouble. When we read, keep your heart with all diligence, it makes a lot of sense. But I must tell you that it's a difficult advice to keep. Life will always make demand upon us, upon our time, upon our energy. And those things cry out for our immediate attention. But we need to find time and we need to make sure that our hearts are kept. If we want to stay spiritually fresh, in tune with God and please God, we need to keep our hearts pure. That means that we must learn to forgive. Then we must make sure we don't have resentment in our hearts. We must determine to forgive everyone who hurts us and refuse to nudge grudges. And you know what? Grudges become glooms. We need to keep our heart. At this point, the words of Paul are important. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22, it ends with keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. Other versions say keep yourself free from sins. Jeremiah says the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That is a heart that has not been touched by the blood of the lamb. That's a heart that is not yet washed. We need to make sure that we keep our hearts pure. Listen, when we have problems of heart, sometimes it causes physical illness. Let me read a story to you. A man I knew became enraged over something another Christian has done to him. He was advised to forgive and let it go. But he replied, every time I see him, he burns me up. And the counselor told him, that's because you want to burn him up and all you succeed in doing is burning yourself up. And the counselor told him about the sadistic farmer who tied a small stick of dynamite to a hawk. He licked the fuse and then turned it loose expecting it to blow itself up in the mid-air. 
The hog flew into his barn and the explosion wrecked not only the barn, but part of his house also. But sadly, this man who was being canceled, they still not get it, did not understand. He couldn't think of and talk of anything else but getting even with his fellow Christian. Listen, when you try to get even with somebody, you actually become odd. The wife eventually said, the breath of this man became foul, his appetite left him, his digestion became bad, he suffered loss of sleeps, and after a few months, he dropped down dead. Well, I'm sure somebody could have said, there may be some other reasons. Well, listen to what the doctor said. The doctor told this counselor that the man had died of an undrained grudge. Of course, you can't put that on a death certificate, but many doctors are well aware that undrained grudges play a major role in creating physical disorders. There have been stories of missionaries who suffer breakdowns because of grudges they hold against their organizations for not supplying them with enough resources or for not looking after them. What's saying something important to each and every one of us. We need to make sure that we keep our hearts pure. Remember, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. As I said just a few moments ago, keeping our heart with all diligence, although makes a lot of sense, is a difficult advice. But how do we do this? If we take time to hear God's word and to do what it says, that will help us a great deal. That may not shout quite so loudly. Listen, we may not notice the consequences of neglect right away, but over time, if we're not careful, we will, we will develop or we will have spiritual heart attack. God has given us his words. God has provided for us <clears throat> the means of keeping our heart. Remember, what we allow in our hearts matter a lot. If anything, we must take the words of Jesus very seriously. In Matthew, sorry, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, reading from verse 15. Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, reading from verse 15, Jesus has something to say about this. Actually, from verse 14, after he called the crowd to him again, he began saying to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him, but the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had left the crowd and he entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. 
And he said to them, are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach and is eliminated. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these things, all these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. You see, the heart is a wellspring of life. With joy, it is the place where with joy, joy and vigor come. With joy and vigor come from within and not from outside. The wellspring, the capacity to, to love God, to serve God, to do right. Remember, all come from within. Keep your heart pure. God has provided us the word, provided us his spirit. Paul talks in Acts chapter 26, he talks about those who are sanctified by the faith that is in Christ. God has made enough provision to make our heart pure. Ours is to believe, ours is to receive, to trust him. Let's not forget that resentment and grudges are sand in the machinery of life. Grudges are too expensive. Don't keep them. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the heart you've given us, the physical heart, that such a small thing does a great job. But Lord, we want to thank you because you've sent your son to come and die for us, to change our hearts, to remove stony hearts and replace the heart of flesh. Pray, Lord, you grant us the grace to do all that is necessary cooperation with you to keep our hearts pure and free from sin. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please don't hesitate to contact us if you have questions. Looking forward to seeing you the next time again. Blessings.